Hey guys, thank you for listening to this episode of Coffee with Coach. For this one, I got to talk to Big Ben Hartford of Granite Strength Barbell. He is a personal trainer, a strength coach. Uh, this is one of the strongest guys I know. In his Instagram, it says he squatted 850 pounds. He bench pressed 645 pounds. His deadlift says meh. So I'm gonna have to ask him about that one at a future date. He also makes this incredible mustard, best mustard I've ever had, so hit him up for that. On top of that, he's just an awesome individual coach for people, and I'm hoping I can take some of his philosophies and, and approaches and apply it to a team, um, a team approach. So I hope you like this episode. Thank you for listening, and Ben, thank you. See ya. Well, welcome to Coffee with Coach Ben Hartford, and thanks for joining me. I'm, I'm happy you got a mug. Yeah, man. Good to Pers see you. Good to see you. Personal trainer and strength coach. As I was uh, lining up questions and ideas and thinking of our interview, the theme of strength was was riddled through everything. <laughs> You're one of the strongest dudes that I know. And I want to kind of start by by first saying thank you for the help that you gave me. When I was in the gym, you and, you know, Brian Silfies at one-to-one, -one, um, there were... My goals were all around strength and explosiveness and putting weight on. And um, I was kind of jotting down numbers. And uh, you helped me a ton. So I want to say thanks for that and, and welcome. Yeah, Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. I mean, it was awesome having you, man. You were, um, you were a hard worker, somebody we would all point to. Look, you know, you can put this work in and you can get results. Um, even at the ripe old age of almost 40. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to, so thinking about strength and kind of, I was comparing it to basketball coaching, but what do you think it is about strength in particular? And I know you do a variety of things, uh, training wise, you know, you, you can help people reach a lot of different goals, but what is it about strength that is different, you know, helping people get stronger? Have you, have you touched on that at all? Uh, what do you mean? Do you mean like, what is it about strength that, uh, I enjoy getting people stronger? Is that, or maybe, or maybe what have you noticed, um, for people that are getting stronger, you know, what have you noticed that it, maybe that it applies to other aspects of their life? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll take a real simple example, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I've got a client who is turning 70 in two weeks uh i know he doesn't mind me sharing his name it's fern the dude is a a class a badass um vietnam vet like you can't hold this guy down um however when he came into the gym he had to hold on to the wall to walk down the the turf um we worked with him well i worked with him and now we're at the point with him where he can squat almost his body weight deadlift over his body weight bench almost his body weight uh and like i said he's he's turning 74 and the the changes in his life are tremendous his obviously his clothes fit better and he's he's feeling happier and stronger but just the idea of being able to walk somewhere without worrying about falling is a great thing mm -hmm. uh being able to um hang out with his grandchildren without worrying about petering out is is awesome 
you know, he, he, he's got a huge yard that he takes care of, you know, so strength obviously has huge benefits for people who start off at the low end of, of the strength curve. Uh, but for people who start off on the higher end of the strength curve, like maybe you, when you came in there, doing it right has a lot of benefit too. You, you, you suddenly are understanding how your body moves and how to apply it to all sorts of different things and learning how to just produce force is going to get you to jump higher and run faster and last longer on the court or the field or whatever it is you're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, so I enjoy that. I think, um, you know, I don't think there's any, there, there's nobody I've met yet that won't benefit from being stronger than they are. Yeah. Yeah. Nicely said. Um, I remember a story when I was, I was working on the hypers when I first started there and, you know, my hamstrings are really weak. This is an exercise. You use your hamstrings to kind of, to pull the upper half of your body up. And, and I was struggling and, and for some reason it was just something about that exercise. I remember I could only get like seven or nine or something. And, and, uh, you, you encouraged me, you said, you know, get, get over there, get on there. And you made me do it. And I, and I got like 19 cause you were encouraged me and, and you were right there uh, telling me to do it. But what is it about, um, you know, getting people to, to, to go through walls or to, you know, go through the plateaus that they reach and, and overcome what they think is their max and then be able to go further and, and continue building on that. So the, the little one-man company that I have, uh, Granite Strength Barbell, my motto is know your Valsalva. Your Valsalva is that, that thing that you do when you pop your ears, when you're going up above elevation. It's the thing that you do uh, when you're really trying to push out a hard poop. Uh, people do it often enough, right? Yeah. But it's also the thing that killed Elvis. You know, it increases your blood pressure and can kill you. It's not something to be taken lightly. Another thing that it can do is briefly increase how much weight you can move by a significant percentage. Different studies show 1% to 3%. When we're talking about the high end of what you're benching, you know, 1% to 3% for a 200-pound bencher is two to six pounds, which is the difference between success and failure, mm -hmm. you know? So um, it's, if you're going to use it, you need to know how to use it. And if you're going to use it, you need to um, know when to use it. But more importantly, it pushes you to the edge. What you once thought was the edge you know, if you're standing on a cliff and looking straight out over the cliff edge, you might not know that you've got six more inches to go to get to the cliff, cliff edge until you step forward a little bit. But if you just willy-nilly take a step forward, a full stride, you're going to fall off the cliff, right? Mm -hmm. But the way to find the edge of that cliff is to know where you're going, to know your Valsalva, to know the edge. Um, and it's it's a it's a wicked cool thing to teach somebody how to find that edge and how to push forward and how you know they thought 
what they once thought was impossible is now done for reps. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I use, I use know your Valsalva as a, as an, as an analogy for, you know, cause you use it when you poop, it's know your poop. Right. Yep. But then it's also, you know, um, know your limits, but also know how to push your limits. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hearing that this, this comes with a lot of self-awareness, which is awesome. You know, this is something I discovered in the gym that you think the gym yeah, the is full big. of a, a lot of meatheads and, and a lot of just kind of dumb guys throwing heavy weights around. But it, it was a place where I really fa- uh, worked on my self-awareness a ton. And then the other thing I'm noticing about you saying this stuff is it must give you a lot of fulfillment to, to kind of help guide people through what they think is their, their maximum, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, you know, like, like I said, whether it's, um, a semi-retired mother of three or, um, a power lifter who won a couple local meets and is looking to, you know, move to the next level or, you know, um, or even one of, one of my clients who just, set some world records you know sarah she's um she's a strong strong lady Mm -hmm. um but she needed some help and she came to me and together we've we've pushed her past where she thought she could go um everybody everybody can benefit from learning where their boundaries are and and pushing against them and knowing when to push against them no you know, there's um, there there's value in in knowing. Look, this this is what I'm going to be able to do. I'm a 70 year old man, and at some point, my squat is only going to get so strong, and then it's going to start to decline. That there's value in knowing that because you don't want to just beat yourself up and how come I can't get a five pound PR? How come I can't do this? How come? How come? How come? Well, the reason is you're 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 honestly degenerating, you know? Um, but that doesn't mean we give up. That means we keep pushing and keep you as strong as you can be for as long as possible. Yeah, so that's that self-awareness piece. And then also I kind of detect a, a piece of the long-term approach because a lot of times with with getting stronger, there's, you know, take a step back this week or even a couple weeks in a row where you're doing the same thing you did last week, but it's and then you might have to adjust something, the bar you use, the, the exercise you use so that you can then gain three weeks down the road. But for a lot of people, that's hard to, to wait the patience. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think I've said this to you a bunch of times in, in coaching is at least 75% psych psychology. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I'm a nerd and I'll go way deep down into the weeds about this stuff. But, um, I spend a lot more time in the gym trying to make people understand that they can and, or, or trying to understand them in a way, trying to understand how they're going to learn it. Right. Cause not everybody's a visual learner. Not everybody's uh, a motor learner. Not everybody's, um, an oral learner, you know, so it, it takes all sorts of different approaches and, you know, creating 
on the way there, but eventually you figure it out and it's, it's, a, it's wicked rewarding. Nice. What about motivating, motivating people? And like you said, we all learn differently. Um, everyone kind of is motivated in different ways as well. What have you found about motivation maybe over the years working with people? What works? What doesn't work? Violence. 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 Always violence. When, when in doubt, uh, hit them really hard. Threatening? Threats? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. No, um, motivating people. <clears throat> motivating people can so there there are two things to say there one is you do need to figure out how to motivate somebody uh in the beginning but after a certain point the motivation needs to start moving towards them you know i can only hold somebody's hand even in a one-on-one session for so long um i can push people i can cajole them i can um remind them no no you remember you did it before or you know sometimes people will be upset and they'll be like i only got a two pound pr i said yeah but that's that's two percent of what you did that's like a you know 12 pound pr for me you know or depending on what lift it is right Mm -hmm. um you know, and, and you would you would rightly think I was being arrogant and and foolish if I was complaining about hitting a twelve pound PR in one week. Right. Um, so you know, stuff like that, you that's part of the learning process. But then also part of the learning process is teaching them how to motivate themselves. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that, I mean, it, it's simple stuff like make sure you bring your book. It's also it, there just has to be some sort of fire if somebody wants to reach true greatness. I can coach you. I can, I can be your personal trainer, and we can have goals, and, and we'll get places without you being motivated. That's going to happen. That's fine. But if you truly want to do something extraordinary, you're going to have to have motivation. If you want to play D1 ball, if you want to be a 700-pound squatter, um, a 400-pound bencher, uh, 700-pound deadlifter, if you want to set a field record in Highland Games, you're, these things are possible, and I can help you get there. But you're going to have to have a fire in there. Um, so motivation is its a two-way street. So this kind of type taps into a question that I was, I wanted to ask you anyway. And this is from uh, my buddy, Matt Miller. He asked this question. Um, So help me, help me answer this. He wants to know how to teach someone who's not naturally aggressive to play aggressively. So this is kind of how do we get that spark out of someone in basketball? I've found that, creating competition and practice, making things games and making the drills games, uh, making them point driven. So there is a winner to, and a loser um, to the yep. small game and a drill and practice, but how can maybe, what have you noticed individually? Um, how can we get the fire going a little bit? Right. So uh, occasionally we'll, we'll get a, a football player or um, less often a wrestler who is, skilled and strong 
but just doesn't have fire. And their parents will bring them to us and, and ask us to help them find that. And what I have found that works is everybody is passionate about something. And so you need to find that thing that they're passionate about and help them recognize that feeling in them and then translate it into something else, right? Kind of like method acting, I guess, right? So like if, um, wait, no, the, yeah, is that method acting? One of those acting methods where, where like if you need to cry, you think about your grandfather dying, even if actually what you're crying about for the play or the movie is your girlfriend left you, mm -hmm. right? The place that you draw on is your grandfather dying. The place that you draw on for the gym is um, that time that you were accused of cheating at school, but you didn't do it and you failed the class. You know, you draw on something and then apply it over here. Um, I found that works sometimes, but um, the, the most consistent way that we are able to light the fire under people is showing them that they can make progress and that they will make progress if they stay the course. Um, most people end up being motivated by that. Most people say, you know, see that, oh yeah, I, I was just a 120 pound, you know, five foot seven guy with, you know, just a little chin fuzz or whatever, <laughs> but now I'm 130 pounds and I'm doing things I never thought I could do before. That's pretty motivating for most people. Yeah, I think the confidence piece is part of that. You start to ha you start to be successful in small experiences, and then you just build on that. Right. And so taking notes reminds you of those experiences, right? Uh, yeah. If you don't yeah. take notes, it's all arbitrary. Oh, yeah, I think I'm stronger. Well, are you? <laughs> Um, I remember you asking in the gym people, you know, what exactly did you do that day? And, and people would try to kind of be ambiguous about it. I, I did it. No, what exactly? Right. Yeah. But because, you know, if you come to me and say I'm getting weaker, I want to know that you're getting weaker. Like, you know, like there's, there's going to be a reason and good notes are going to tell us why. It might be that, you know, the last time you set that PR was in the middle of summer when you didn't have school and hockey and a girlfriend and a job, you know? Yeah. Um, but now we're doing it again and finals are next week and you slept four hours last night because you worked until eight o'clock and it, yeah, you're, you're going to do, you know, and you, you had hockey practice in the morning. Yeah. Things aren't going to go as well as they did last summer. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to keep things in perspective. I love a lot of what you're saying. It's really good coaching because a lot of it is through conversations and listening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not always the best at remembering this in the moment, but there are, you know, um, you, you, you absolutely have to talk to people. You can't just um, write something on the board and expect them to go do it. Uh, in a perfect world, I would write stuff on the board, they would go do it, and they would come back to me and, and ask for little tweaks. Um, but that's not, a per that, that's not what the world is like. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, there's always, there's always conversations that need to happen. And there's always somebody who's new or somebody who um, wrote down the exercise the first time in a way that they understood it instead of the way that was on the board. And so they don't have, they wrote it down, but they don't actually, they didn't actually write it down. So it's not really a value. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, I got another question. This is from my friend, Aaron McManus, and this is good because I've seen you work with a lot of younger kids in there as well. And this applies to that. So let me see what you got for this. For younger levels, how do you balance fostering the love of the game with a tough love approach to encourage kids to have fun and want to keep playing, but also challenge them to work harder and grow as a player? So I try to have a conversation with the, especially the little little ones, anybody younger than, certainly younger than 13, but depending on my feel of how mature they are, anybody un, under 14 or 15 might fall in here too. Um, I try to have a conversation with them at the beginning of them coming into the gym about, look, I'm going to push you really hard. I'm going to ask you to do things that are going to, you're going to think they hurt. Um, you're going to, you're going to feel like crap, you know, a few days later and not want to come back. Your, your initial performance in whatever sport you're playing is going to drop off. Um, you're going to feel like you can't eat enough. You're going to, like there're going to be all sorts of negative feelings but I'm always going to be your first advocate. I'm always going to be the guy that's pushing you uh to to be better for you. I'm always going to be the guy in your corner. I'm always going to be cheering you on. I always want you to come in and and tell me about your successes on the field or the court or the track or whatever it is. Um, you know, th- this I'm, I'm your number one fan. Well, n- maybe next to your parents. Um, but I am going to push you. And there are going to be times when you think I'm being mean, but it's only me trying to get you out of your comfort zone and get you to where I know you can be. Um, and that usually works. It took me a little while to, to start doing that. It took me, it took me like there was a month where I had like three kids starting. And I made every single one of them cry. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> this is awful. Um, and so then I started having conversations with them, usually with their parents there. Um, you know, when I'm giving them a tour mm-hmm. is, is usually when it goes down um, about, you know, everything that I just covered. And uh, that's been working a little better, a lot better. Nice. Yeah, I think that upfront conversation can be – really beneficial um, and, and one way, in one way in the future when something happens. And it's not an I told you so or I caught you doing this, but it's, it's more of we talked about this, you know. Yeah. And, and, uh, let's, remember, remember we talked about this and yeah. this, this is how it's going to go. And yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Is there anything that you've noticed, you know, like say I have a basketball team and, and individuals are coming to you from a variety of different sports. Is there anything you've noticed from that angle, you know, working with the kids and they're talking about their sport, their team. Um, I'm wondering if there's anything that you notice that can help like a team coach. Like what would you say to me that's coaching a team? Um, maybe something you've taken from individuals. I don't know if there's anything there or not. Well, the number one thing I would like 
team coaches to, to understand. The first thing is recognize that you are the expert in your sport. You're not the expert in conditioning or strength. Mm-hmm. You know, um, too many team coaches, uh, you know, there are team coaches who have to supply the strength and conditioning because it's a public team. And I get that because there are people who you know, can't afford to go to a gym or their parents aren't involved enough to get them to the gym or, or uh, many, many reasons, right? But recognize that you're not the expert. And if the, if the kid wants to go to somebody else who is an expert, let them go to somebody else and get stronger. It's going to only, it's only going to look good for you. Mm-hmm. That kid's going to, nobody's going to walk up to that. Nobody's going to walk up to you and say, wow, your kid just dunked on everybody and he could barely even do, I don't know, a layup last year. Mm-hmm. You must be a great coach. It's only going to look good for you, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, too many coaches, and there's a coach I'm very much thinking of, and I think you know who I'm thinking of, who will belittle their players for going to people uh, and, you know, make them have to do the, you know, punish them by making them do extra workouts with him instead of doing it, um, hey, you just go get strong. That yeah. That's one thing. Um, another thing is static stretching is is gone, you know. Too many coaches, like my kids' coaches, I see this and I'll try to have a conversation with them and some of them are open to it, some of them aren't. But static stretching before the game is gone. Dynamic stretching is is what you need to do. It's been gone for 30 or 40 years, but people are taught by the people who taught them who taught them to do static stretching. Um, You know, static stretching after the game is great. Before the game, we need to do dynamic stretching to his, uh, the, the strength level and the agility level skyrockets and the injury level plummets if you do dynamic stretching over static stretching. Yeah. So why not do it? Yeah. Um, but, uh, but then uh, another thing that I, I want um, uh, I, uh, the, the, the team coaches to know mm-hmm. – is um oh crap maggie what was i thinking (laughs) she doesn't know she's a dog if you remember let me know but as we're kind of wrapping up here um people are at home and not knowing what to do not knowing how to work out we're dealing with this covid you know can they can they contact you or are you doing uh home workouts for people yeah yeah i've got um I've got workouts for people going from you have absolutely nothing Mm -hmm. to, okay, maybe we can make some stuff out of backpacks or duffel bags or grab some rocks out of your yard Mm -hmm. or, you know, throw your kids on your back or something to I've got a home gym set up and that home gym set up, you'd be surprised people, what people call a home gym from, you know, Oh yeah, I've got a set up and they've got like, a five pound dumbbell and a stationary bike. Okay. I can work with that, but I was thinking a little bit different. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't matter what you've got. I've got two people right now just using field stones and they spent about 
one person spent 20 bucks and the other person spent 50 bucks at like dollar stores getting bands and the little kettlebells and dumbbells they have there. Um, and they're, they're doing very difficult workouts and getting stronger. Um, and one person who has, like I said, a stationary bike, I think seven pound dumbbells and 15 pound dumbbells and that's it. And they're get, they're getting stronger and they're getting smoked <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. you know, when you, you do what you can do. And so, um, they're, they're going to come out of this very well conditioned. Cool. Well, I highly encourage people to look you up. I'll put all the links in the bio for your Insta page, website, stuff like that. Um, is there any, anywhere else I'm missing? Uh, Instagram, Facebook. Mm. Are you still making, are you still making mustard? That's the most important important question. Yes. I'm still making mustard. It's, um, (laughs) the store it was selling at isn't allowing people in the store anymore. So it's not selling much, but if people want the best mustard they've ever had. So good. Meathead mustard, baby meathead mustard all right i'll try to find that and put a link in the bio for that awesome stuff man really good Um, a lot of good stuff for strength and i love the the your perspective from an individual coach and i can take a lot of that and apply it to the team philosophy so thank you appreciate it nice nice to spend some time with you um peace out hugs not drugs well we can do hugs later Hugs later. Love you, man. Peace. See ya.